Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. That I've entitled, God, God's Word Works. God's Word Works. Amen. So at the mall, I met Charles and his wife, Kim, yesterday. We got in a conversation as Mr. Charles and I were talking. Uh, He had mentioned this scripture, and my heart just leapt. And I told him, you just gave me my sermon for tomorrow. And so here we are. Amen. Sometimes as a pastor, you dig for hours, and uh, you come up with a sermon, and other times God just drops it, and that's what I felt yesterday as we were conversating. God just downloaded a sermon from His words and things we were talking about, and uh, amen. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24. I think everyone here is somewhat familiar with this text. It's Jesus talking about the parable of the, the men that build a house. Amen. And we're going to read that this morning, and we're going to believe God to help us in the world in which we live because God's word is applicable. It applies in 2022. It works this morning in all of our lives, in everything that you and I can face. There's an answer in God's word. Matthew 7 and verses 24, Jesus said, therefore... Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine, we're all in church this morning, we're hearing the word of God, and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who also builds his house, but on the sand. And the same rain will come and descend, and the flood will also rise and come, and the winds will also blow, and the storm will beat on that house. But it will fall, and great will be the fall. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. I pray this morning, let us not be deceived, your followers, your people, God, especially in these last days, God, when we're faced with trials and difficulties and setbacks, God, let not the enemy of our soul gain access, God, into our mind, Father, but let us cast down, Father, every high thing, every imagination, God. 
God, to the ground, Lord, and let us, pray, I pray, God, stand firmly, God, upon your word. I'm asking for your grace this morning. I'm asking, God, for your anointing. I pray, God, even those that might even be watching this, God, record it on, on YouTube or our webpage. Father, I pray, reach, God, hearts and souls, Lord, I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's first and foremost look this morning, church, at the storm is coming. Amen. Amen. If you are not currently in a storm, if you are not currently going through a trial, if you are not currently going through some sort of setback in your life, you will. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So you and I will go and we will face difficult things. Sure as the sun is going to rise, there are going to be storms in life. Some large, some very grand and big, and others not so much, some small. This could be in your relationships. You can experience the storms. How many here has ever experienced a storm in your faith? where your faith has been shaken, where you begin to question everything that you once held on to. Your health, amen, you, you and I, amen, can experience a earthquake or a storm of some sort in our health, our finances, your morality, amen, your family, your marriage, your children. There's all sorts of storms uh, that come in different times and different seasons of life. But nonetheless, church, storms will come. We can talk about Jonah if you want to talk about a storm. As I began to think about biblical characters and people that encountered storms, I thought about Jonah. We know the story of Jonah. He's a prophet of God told to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. Jonah did not want to go. He gets on a ship going to Tarshish. And there that ship comes underneath a very strong storm in so much that these seasoned, trained sailors who had been familiar on dealing with the storms of the ocean began to panic and cry out, pray to your God. In other words, we need something beyond ourselves. Amen. This storm is going to overtake us. Amen. Jonah, knowing that the storm was because of him, thought his life was over, I might as well at least spare these men on this ship. And he commanded them to throw him overboard. So here we find a servant of God going through a storm. We can talk about the disciples, Jesus' own followers, the twelve, the faithful, as a matter of fact, right after probably one of Jesus' greatest miracles, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus, amen, was there. And they were, amen, thronging him. And so he commands his disciples to get onto a boat and go to the other side. His disciples get on the boat, no doubt, with excitement. Amen. Have you ever encountered Jesus, experienced a miracle, had a breakthrough, an answer to prayer? And there's just that joy of breakthrough in your heart. There's that reassurance that, oh, God, you hear me. 
Oh, God, you're still moving. God, you're still on the throne. The disciples, no doubt, get on that boat and they're exchanging stories about how they passed the basket and they watched the loaves and the fish multiply and all the people and they're trying to make sense of it. And at the end of the day, the only thing they could say is this is nothing but a miracle from God himself. But you know what happened that day as they're going on that boat? They encountered a storm. They encountered a storm, amen, to the point where Jesus begins to walk out and come to them. And their mind, this is what happens to us, amen. When Jesus is coming, Jesus is approaching the boat, the answer, the Messiah, the miracle worker. And you know what they said? It's a ghost. In difficult times, we see the worst, even when the answer to prayer is heading our way. We can talk about Paul, one of God's faithful servants. Here he is, been told by God that he was going to have to go and peer before, amen, uh, Caesar. And so Paul is on his way. He is journeying. He is doing the will of God. He knows that God has a place for him, a plan for him, a destination for him. But yet we find Paul detoured, amen, on a little island shipwrecked, uh, not because of his decision, but because of the choices of other people. Sometimes those are the hardest storms to weather because we think to ourselves, what did I do? God, I'm just trying to serve you. God, I'm just trying to do your will. I know this is your plan for me, but yet I find myself on an island where I'm not supposed to be. I find myself in a storm that I should not be in, not because of something I have done, but a choice that someone else has made. And Paul was de uh, detoured by a storm. Have you ever been detoured, amen, by a storm? Traveling down a road, a familiar road, a comfortable road. And all of a sudden there's that detour sign that tells you to make a right or a left. If you're like me, I resist those detours and I think to myself, I can go around it and still be able to navigate somehow. Because to the left and to the right are unfamiliar territory. We don't know what's to the left or to the right. I need to go straight forward. But the detour saying road closed, no access, reroute, right? That's what our GPS tells us. Turn right, reroute, do a U-turn. Sometimes we encounter storms in life that cause you and I to detour or reroute and we resist those because it's not familiar. It's not comfortable. In the storms of life that you and I will encounter, I think one of the most uh, dangerous places to be is in the storm because deception is very easy. So I want to look secondly with you this morning at be not deceived. Storms are going to come. Jesus, the Bible says God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Solomon said time and chance happen to us all. You and I are going to go through storms of life, but that doesn't negate, that doesn't take away God's sovereignty. 
It doesn't take away that God is in control. And this is the problem. I believe a lot of Christian people lose it right here. We become deceived because in a storm of life, amen, in a natural storm, if you've seen pictures after a a tornado comes through a neighborhood, you see an aerial photo and you can make out where streets once were. Now they are covered with debris. They're covered with trees, once clear road signs that are legible and able to direct you and I are no longer there. They've been removed because of a storm. This is what happens in the supernatural when we're going through a storm of life. Things that used to be clear no longer are clear. Satan, amen, wants to take, amen, the storm that we're currently in and he wants to take advantage of that storm. Amen. He is the master con artist. Amen. A con artist is someone who can deceive you or beguile you or trick you to make you think that something is true when it is not. I read an article in preparation for this message. We've heard of serial killers. Well, I found out that there are serial con artists. That this man is uh, facing imprisonment because uh, he had multiple false identifications and he opened up a business, a fake business, and he took out a loan under a fake name to buy medical instruments for a fake doctor's office that he fictitiously created. The bank gave him the money. He bought gold coins with it, opened up. Uh, P.O. boxes, I'm sorry, bank uh, uh, accounts in false names and deposited those gold coins. uh, And when the uh, law finally caught up with him, he ran to Mexico. The enemy is just like that. He will deceive you and I in the storms because in the storms, uh, sometimes the roadway, the path is not always clear. He is Satan is a serial con artist. If you've ever gone fishing before, I enjoy fishing. What you do is you take an instrument that is going to trap to hook and reel in a fish. But they're not just going to bite at the metal and the shiny beads. You have to put something that they like on it, or in other words, disguise the hook. It could be a minnow. It could be a worm, or it could even be a rubber fake uh, 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 creature that is designed to hide the hook. And you cast it out into the water and the sun is shining on the water and the silver beads are spinning and the light is reflecting through the water and it catches the fish's eye. And he says, "Mmm, something good to eat. And he swims towards it and he bites it. And that's when you and I tug. Beguiled. Hallelujah. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verses 14, the Bible says, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades or disguises himself as an angel of light. 
This is what Satan does even in the storms of life. Amen. He takes the hook, that which has power to uh, uh, cap- capture us and to hook us. And he disguises it. He masks it with something, amen, that's enticing to us. And he begins to draw upon us. In our text, the Bible says that two men built two houses. Both of these men are building. Both of them are working. Both of them are laboring. And the storm hits both. I think the deception of Satan sometimes for us is that when we're going through the storms of life, Satan tries to get us to look at everybody else. That they've got it together. That I'm serving God, they're not, and they're not going through marital problems. I'm serving God and tithing and giving to God. And I don't see my coworkers struggling. They've got a nice boat in their driveway. They've got a nice car. And here I am, God, serving you, and I'm going through a financial. It could be a physical or a medical issue. You be, we begin to look outward at everybody else. God, they're not going through it. And this is where Satan begins to try to beguile us. If God was real, he would heal you. He would financially bless you. He would break through for you. He would touch your children. He would heal your marriage. He would turn this thing around. Satan is a master beguiler. Amen. Amen. And he gets us to look at everyone else. But our text tells us this morning that both houses were hit by a storm church. Both houses received the rain. Both houses, both men, both families, the wind blew vehemently and beat upon that house. And so the next time the devil tries to get you and I to think, oh, out there somewhere, it's got to be better. The storm's coming. Amen. The storm will come. But what is the difference What's the difference? Both saved and unsaved, both godly and ungodly, both Christian and non-Christian people experience storms. What's the difference? The difference is when the storm is over. The Bible says, he who hears my words and does them will be like a man who builds his house on the rock. The storm is going to come. The rain is going to descend. The wind is going to blow and beat upon that house. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through difficult things. But when the storm subsides, that man, that woman, that family that has listened to the word of God and followed the word of God and not allowed ourselves to be drawn away by the allurement and the enticement of the enemy during the storm. Jesus said, when it's over, your marriage will survive. Your finances will survive. Your children will be safe. Your, your, your home will be blessed. You will still be standing. So how do we keep from satanic deception in the storms of life. I think James has something to say about that. 
James chapter 1 and verses 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot tempt by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Verse 15 says, then when the desire is conceived and it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. See, James is not this mean preacher that's just trying to beat up on folks. He says, my beloved brethren, here is a shepherd that loves his flock. I think James might be dealing with people that have he's watching, taking the bait, biting on some of Satan's lures, trying to entice them and lure them away in the difficulties of life. And out of a pastor shepherd heart, he writes this. Do not be deceived, my brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow Attorney. Does that mean that everything that we experience in life is good? But no, we have a sovereign God who sees beyond our short sightedness that according to Romans 8, 28, he's able to take all things and work them for our good church. He works them for our good. So when you're going through the storms of life and your mind begins to cry out and shout, uh, they've got it better over there. I'm going to hang up my hat and just pursue this activity or I'm going to leave the house of God or the word of God is not moving. And all the crazy thoughts that we think from the enemy during the storms of life, uh, we need to remember, amen, both houses went through a storm. And if you and I will simply be hearers and doers of the word of God, the storm will subside. That's a promise. Both storms hit, but they also both ended. Amen. And when they end is the difference. Amen. My wife and I have been saved now 26, 27 years. We've endured storms of our own. Amen. And we've also watched friends of ours. With heartbreak, we tell you this, we've watched friends of of ours that loved God, that were in the house of God, that served God, but the storm took them out. No longer do they serve God. No longer are they in the house of God. Some of their marriages did not survive. Some of their children are no longer in the house of God. Not that we've all, not that my wife and I have made all the right decisions, but we've cleaved to the word of God Like the disciples, where else are we going to go? You hold the words to eternal life. And so don't let the storm of life take you out this morning. Because remember, both houses go through the storm. The difference is when the storm subsides, you and I will still be standing, still be saved, still have the blessing of God and the anointing of God. I want to close this morning at looking at those three examples that I gave you at the start of this message. Jonah, the disciples, and Paul the Apostle. First and foremost, let's look at and let's consider Jonah. Jonah rebelled against God. His storm was 
the consequence of his own actions and his own decisions. Jonah, as the storm began to become out of control, thought his life was over. I, might, I am a dead man. I might as well just hang it up. I might as well just jump in. Throw me overboard. I'm a sitting duck. I'm a dead goose. I've rebelled against God. This is God's judgment. So we know the story. The sailors throw Jonah overboard. And the great fish swallows him. And from the belly of the fish, we get, amen, Jonah's words. And from the depth of the fish, I cried out, and the Lord heard me. See, God, amen, even in our own actions, when we make mistakes, when we, amen, rebel against God, God sends, amen. You would have thought if you were that sailor on that ship that day, you would have said that was the judgment of God. That man got his just due. But can I say that was the mercy of God? That was the compassion of God. The Bible says, and Jonah heard the voice of God a second time. God, amen, is a God of second chances. Jonah, amen, his storm that he thought was going to be the end of him literally was the thing that brought the grace of God into his life. Let's look secondly at the disciples. As the disciples leave in excitement over the feeding of the 5,000 and then they encounter the storm of all storms to the point when they saw Jesus, they thought he was a ghost. In other words, their mind has already gone some places. They are thinking the worst. Nothing can get worse. We're going to die and yet now a ghost is coming to do us in. You don't need to raise your hand, but how many people have ever been there? Hallelujah. Amen. If things couldn't get worse, but yet it was Jesus. It was the very one who had the answer to their situation. Think about this secondly, something that we don't get just from reading the text. As he fed the 5,000, that massive group of people wanted to force him to become king. Physical king on the earth, overthrow the Romans. And the disciples believed that that's why he came. Think about this. Lord, we could have crowned you king, but yet you put us on a boat and now we're in this storm. This doesn't make sense. Staying back on the safety of the earth, staying back on the safety of the shore and the land and just crowning you king and you overcoming the Romans for us would have made all the sense in the world. But how many people know that God had a bigger plan? So the next time you're going through the storm, And you're thinking, you know what, that made sense back there. And where you're having me come, where you're having me stay, where you've asked me to go and where I'm currently at, God, makes no sense at all. Remember that God's plans are not our plans. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, for they're higher. Amen. And Jesus steps into the storm and speaks to the storm. Peace. Be still. Paul the Apostle, we talked about him. He's on his way to Rome. He knew that he had to testify. 
before he men Caesar. He knew this was the will of God, but yet he men the Roman soldiers make a decision. He warned them, do not set sail. I feel tragedy. They said, shut up, Paul. We're the sailors. We know what we're doing and we know what happened. But yet, amen, they end up shipwrecked. They find themselves on an island. Paul's gathering sticks. We know what happens. He's bringing the sticks over to the fire. A viper comes out and latches on the Paul's arm. The natives say, surely this is an evil man. And justice, amen, he didn't die at the sea, but justice is getting its just due. He is going to die. But they watched Paul's life. They watched him. They waited for him to faint and fall over and die. But he did not. Because God's got a plan. So when the enemy bites you, amen, and tells you, end of story, game over, you're going to die. Your marriage is gone, amen, your finances is gone, your relationship, you fill in the blank, whatever it might be. Remember this morning, church, that God's got another way and that he is the rock. If we will just stand on the firm foundation, stay on the word. Paul never deviated from the things of God, even though humans deviated the course. Paul never deviated in his heart. The disciples, amen, hallelujah, end up coming. And here's the famous quote, Jesus, if it's you, command me to come out and step out of the boat. Who says that? I mean, in the boat, there's safety, right? There's a storm going on out there. I don't walk on water. Neither did Peter prior to that day. The boat is safety, but there's something about Peter that says, Lord, if it is you, there's going to be a miracle. Command me to come out of the boat. And Peter steps out of the boat. God is going to stir our faith in the storms of life. We're all going to encounter a storm. If we'll stand on the word of God, when the storm subsides, God will keep you. That is the difference in our text. The difference is ending the storm. And here's the good news. The storm does end. It ends for the just and the unjust. It ends for the saved and the unsaved. It ends for the godly and the ungodly. The difference is the result. The difference is the result. And Jesus said, you'd be a wise man if you will hear the words and then do them in the storm of life. Let me encourage you this morning. You're going through a storm. You're going through a difficulty. Maybe you find yourself on a detour, an unfamiliar road, a road maybe you didn't choose. Somebody else blew the road up in front of you. And now you're forced to go a different way like Paul the Apostle. Stick to the word of God, regardless of what your mind, your emotions and your feelings tell you. Stick to the word of God. One, the storm will end. And two, God is holding your hand and your feet will be firm on his foundation. He'll bring you through it. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our hearts and our heads this morning. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place just for a moment. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one. 
On the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.